You are listening to The Family Culture Project, and this is episode number 13, Navigating the Tension Between Culture and Individuality, with special guest Matt Barges. We're Carl and Kimberly Amici, and we're here to help you live a life of purpose with the ones you love. And become the family you were meant to be. So Carl, what would you say are the major differences in our family in terms of personality? So the first thing I would say, it's amazing how different our kids' personalities are, but also how much they really do have in common. You know, Ava's our oldest and she approaches everything with caution. She's very quiet. She's an observer. She sits back and watches um, before she jumps in. And when you look at our, our middle child, she's just outgoing. She jumps right in from the beginning and she always really wants to be the center of attention. Aaron, our youngest, he, he just approaches everything with with a lot of passion um, and with more or less like wild abandon. You know, he's ready to try new things, um, experience new things, and he's and he's very passionate in his views. You know, also they're different in, in the sense of our oldest. She's not very outspoken sometimes. I don't think that she expresses her feelings um, as much as say Aaron does, Aaron puts it all out there. You know where you stand with him. You know how he feels about things. You can read him like an open book. And then again, Eliana, I think she would fall somewhere in between those two as well. And so it's been really interesting as parents to um, navigate that and to not expect all of them to behave in the same exact way and respond in the same exact way or even approach either chores in the house or their schoolwork or the activities that they are involved in. It's hard but cool. Mm -hmm. Um, I I, mean, the personalities do work well together, I think. Um, And 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 our guest speaker is going to talk a lot about healthy tension, but it's, it's those individual personalities that I think is cool how they can mesh together. And when it comes to interests and hobbies, they're very different as well. Our oldest daughter plays field hockey and lacrosse. Our middle daughter plays lacrosse and soccer. Our son, he would play everything if we could let him. My oldest loves art and music. My youngest is a history buff and loves anything that has to do with history. You know, even in their interests, we've had to learn to navigate those differences and make sure that we are nurturing them and their desires and in their interests and in their talents. Yeah, those differences can actually be really fun. Um, for example, when we go on vacation, we make sure that, you know, with those, you know, you got the history side, the art side, we make sure that each of them get a hand in our itinerary and in setting what they want to see um, and being pretty specific about it, making them do the research. But their differences also cause tension and friction sometimes, um, especially as it pertains to how they approach things and how they would handle things. Um, Like, for example, when it comes to chores, we have one who wants to get up early in the morning and take care of them. And then we have one that wants to wait till the last minute to take care of them. And, you know, that could even cause bickering within them because... They say, well, I get up early and do mine. You should get up early and do yours. In any relationship and any sort of family, and even in an organization or work environment, there's a tendency of the leader or the person in charge to want the other people to be just like them, to approach things like them, to handle things the way that they would handle it. And I just think, yes, there's areas where we can grow and learn and improve. But at the end of the day, we're wired differently and we have to figure out how to celebrate our uniqueness, celebrate our differences and figure out how we can work together. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, tension doesn't, it sounds like a negative and it sounds like something we all probably try to avoid, right? Oh, there's tension in, in this particular situation or that particular situation, whether it's he- here at home or at work. The factual thing about family culture and a strong set of values is that those underpinnings always bring you back home. So even though you're going to get frustrated, we're going to get frustrated with each other. It's those core family values that, and those underpinnings of commonality that despite those frustrations, it still brings you back home. But our special guest today, Matt Barges, he's going to be talking about tension um, and how um, you know tension can be unhealthy in certain cases, and I'm sure we've all experienced that, but also how there can be healthy tension and that can be the path to growth. Hey there, did you know every family is known for something? What do you want your family to be known for? Download our free family culture discussion sheet. In just 30 minutes, you'll explore who you are as a family and discover who you want to become together. Go to www.thefamilycultureproject.com and start living a life of purpose with the ones you love today. Today, I'll be talking with Matt Barges. Matt is the New Jersey campus pastor for Hillsong, New York City. He's married to Lindsay Barges, and together they are parents to their daughter, Mila. Not only does he have a degree in business from Shepherd University, but he also studied at Hillsong International Leadership College in Australia. Could join us for this episode. No, but it, it's it's really an honor. So I appreciate it. Appreciate being asked. Yeah, this is fantastic. So why don't you just tell our listeners about what it is that you do? So who I am and what I do. I um I look after our uh, New Jersey location um, as a church for Hillsong Church in New York City. Um, so as a church, we have four different locations. We have one in Manhattan, um, one in Connecticut one in Boston, and then here in Montclair, New Jersey. And my wife and I uh, were responsible for New Jersey. So there's a lot of a lot of different team members that we have on staff as a church that all have their, their various different roles. But um, my wife and I, our specific role is, like I said, everything New Jersey. It's everything that happens from connect groups to volunteers, um, services, all of that stuff basically is, is our responsibility. And, and so, yeah, we look after our church and try to make sure we're continually building and creating healthy community for people in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. That's great. And um, we definitely benefited from having you a part of our lives and being here in New Jersey. So I just want to thank you for that. It's been awesome for our family um, to be a part of what's happening here in Montclair. Yeah, definitely. Well, I have to say, because um, I think I mentioned it to you the other day, but uh, really mean it when I say it's an absolute honor to to be on this podcast. And I feel like I shouldn't be on this podcast because I feel like <laughs> I need to just listen to this podcast um, because uh, of what you and, and your family, Carl, you guys, you're just amazing. And, and the way that you guys do family, the way you do life, like your your family is one that my wife and I look to. And we so appreciate your example. And we so appreciate what you guys are doing, even with the podcast, like bringing value to family. Mm-hmm. That's a big deal. And it means a lot to us. So I'm, I'm very humbled uh, to be on here and to in any way share whatever I can. And hopefully it helps. So thank oh, you. Thank you. you. Yeah. Um, so we have you here because Carl and I recently heard you speak at a leadership meeting and you were talking about the importance of living in the tension. And I know for myself, when I hear the word tension, it's exactly what I want to avoid. Like right. there's this sort of narrative that says, 
if you're doing things right, everything should be easy. Or if, yeah. it, if you're living the best life, you shouldn't have any problems. But you talked about the benefit of living in, those, in that tension. I would love for you to help our listeners to shift their perspective on the word tension and tell us why it's an important part of growth, both as an individual and then as an organization. Yeah. Um, so I, just you, you already mentioned it, the idea that attention is something that we often avoid because tension, um, it's, it's like, ew, tension doesn't sound fun at all. And, and I think a lot of that is our um, tendency to desire comfort. And um, I, obviously comfort is a good thing and, and we want comfort, but I think we have to understand that there's times where we actually should em embrace uh, tension. Um, comfort is easy. Tension isn't. Um, not always saying that we seek tension necessarily and that we're just meant to just be those people that are just looking for, uh, you know, moments to, to be frustrated or moments to, you know, feel tension in our lives. But I do believe there is a healthy tension um, that we should be aware of and not run away from because I believe it, it creates a, a more developed, stronger uh, fuller person, fuller organization. And, and I think that's, it's necessary. Um, I think there is a difference between unhealthy tension and healthy tension. So for instance, unhealthy tension uh, would be whether there's two things that really don't benefit each other and, and they're absolutely contradictory. Um, healthy tension would be something that uh, things seem like they're, they're contradictory, but actually they're complementary. And they actually can go together, even though they're very different and very opposing, like they actually benefit the other. So um, an example of this, maybe from my personal life, uh, in my, my, my time of, of growing and developing, I've realized that obviously I have a young family. So I have a daughter that's almost two and a, a baby on the way. And so obviously it's a, it's a huge thing for us to make sure we get time together. And that's really important. Um, also like with work and, and some of the, the stresses of life, it's also good for me as an individual, um, to have times where I can recuperate and rest. So a way that I used to do that is I used to be someone that when I would have my off day or when I would have a moment to rest, I'm sitting in front of a TV and I am watching a movie or I'm, you know, it's, ridiculous as this might sound i'm playing video games or something even though i'm a, a grown adult um you know i do something like that and uh it actually wouldn't benefit me because i wouldn't actually feel rested at the end of it and it wouldn't benefit my family because the time that i'm giving to those mindless things are actually time that's being taken away from time that i can contribute with my family um and so it wasn't really helping anything so those are two contradictory things that right. aren't benefiting the other and you know by all means, to uh, the, the grown adult men out there that play video games, hats off to you. If you can do it well, great. It's not a like, video game or anti-TV type thing. Um, I still do all those different things, but I do it in a way that's actually restoring me and actually building me. So um, for me, I decided like a healthy tension would be time with my family, which obviously I, I try to make the most of and try to make sure that I have time with my family. But I also have found that I need some time to myself, um, whether that's going for a run or going for a jog or going to the gym or something, that's something that builds me. So it could seem contradictory, mm -hmm. um, but it's actually complimentary because the, the healthier I am and the, the more refreshed I am, the better husband I can be, the better father I can be. So where that could be something that seems like they pull at each other. It's like, no, I actually need to be able to do both. Mm -hmm. um, I could be somebody who's just like, oh, I'm, I'm only going to worry about the gym and only worry about working out and, you know, getting away and getting my time. And if I did it 
just that. And I didn't have that time for my family. Obviously that wouldn't benefit anyone. But if I just was always spending time with my family and never got that space to myself, I wouldn't be the healthy mm-hmm. individual that I need to be for them. Yeah. So I have to hold both in tension. Um, some examples of tension, I think that, you know, are, are examples of healthy tension, uh, tension uh, in a bridge and in uh, structures are what actually make the bridge safe. Um, tension in instruments. Uh, if you play a stringed instrument, you actually require tension for it to actually give the right tune and actually be its optimal use. It actually, have, actually has to have the right tension. So mm-hmm. uh, those are just kind of some generic examples of why tension can actually be a good thing. So I yeah. think the same thing goes, I'm sure, no doubt for family organizations and, mm-hmm. and cultures where there's um, so many people and so much diversity. Mm-hmm. It's okay to have tension. Yeah. No, absolutely. I love those examples. So as a leader of an organization, you happen to actually be a leader of an organization that has a very strong culture. And mm-hmm. I'd love for you to talk about um, how the tension between culture and individuality works, because um, as you maintain your ministry's culture, there are so many different personalities and perspectives at play in terms of volunteer, in terms of staff, in terms of leadership. So talk to me about that tension between culture and individuality. Yeah. Um, culture is, is so important. And I know that's something that you guys have, have spoken uh, about a lot through your you know, podcasts already and, and family culture, which is, is so helpful, I think, to even, you know, no doubt my wife and I and so many other families. But culture is important because culture, it outlines values. And it acts, actually, in, in many ways, does give you a sense of identity. Uh, culture is, is what says this is who we are. Um, individuality says this is who I am and those two things can seem once again contradictory but I actually think it's okay to have um, a healthy tension um, especially for people to understand like yes this is who we are and it's important for me to know that Um, it's important for me to know the values of who we are as a, a culture and so I can stay within those values but it's also important for me to understand who I am and I might be different and I need to discover that. And we need people to discover who they are and, and discover uh, their unique giftings and talents and, and what actually makes them who they are. So um, yeah, I am different um, and unique to the we. Um, if we're all the same, then we could potentially be unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, especially in an, in an organization. I mean, we have a, a church and we have an incredible team. And if we were all the same, you know, you can make the argument that not everybody was necessary. Um, mm-hmm. We're all different and unique. Then we all have something special that we bring to the table. And obviously, um, in the sense of like a family, uh, obviously, there's necessarily never the thought that you're not needed. Um, yeah. But th- there would be maybe a lack of value. If, if you're in a family and you don't feel like you're unique, you just feel like you're the same as everybody else, the, there would be a lack of value. But when you realize the unique gifts and personality traits that you bring to the table that are different and when those unique things can be celebrated I think it really instills a sense of value in people and so especially within culture we try to identify and highlight where people are unique and celebrate it um, because it, it does it brings just a value to them and it brings a value to what they do for others and uh, so yeah so we try to make sure that we always give a strong sense of who we are um, but also a strong uh, celebration and sense of who other people are. Um, the tension is, uh, you know, our, our global senior pastor of our church, Pastor Brian, um, he says, uh, 
what we're a part of is always bigger than the part that we play. Mm, that's good. And so for us as an organization, it's this reminder of, yes, I should be unique and I should discover myself, but I'm also never bigger than what I'm a part of. Um, so what I'm a part of is always more important um, in a culture or organization. If my, uh, if my individuality or uniqueness ever steps outside of who we are, well, then I'm actually wrong and I need to bring it back in. So that's the tension part of it. So in the path of discovering myself, if that leads me outside of who we are, then the tension of culture should bring me back in mm-hmm. to what we do and who we are, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, definitely. I love that. And so maybe you can share with us some of the benefits of celebrating and empowering the individuals within your church. I think the benefits are, um, like I said at the beginning, I think tension brings a fullness to people. It brings a fullness to organizations. It brings a fullness um, to family, no doubt. Um, Because there are so many different individuals, you get to benefit from the wide scope of who they are and what they bring to the table. So as a church, um, just to give an example, um, our culture and what we value is we value people. So that's a a very broad, um, but specific goal. We value people. Um, The individuality and the uniqueness that can work out within that is, well, there's some people who the way they value um, people is they say, Hey, I want to value people. And and I really, um, I enjoy, um, education. I enjoy uh, looking into theology and growing in my understanding of the Bible. And and so I want to offer an evening college and I want to be a part of this and educating and growing people's personal convictions and personal understanding of what they're actually reading and and believing and living out. And so that's how I'm going to value them is I'm going to offer this. Um, There's other people who say, hey, the way that I want to value people is I want to go out into the streets of New York City or New Jersey and I want to look after those in the homeless community. And I don't want to I don't want to give them an explanation of theology. I want to give them, uh, you know, food. I want to give mm-hmm. them a blanket. Those two things could seem so kind of opposite ends, but they're both within the same value, mm-hmm. um, but unique expressions of that. And, and we need both. Absolutely. Um, and, and so that's just one example of things that I think give a, a fuller picture of a church. Um, even when you look at any type of missions work. It's like, you know, we've heard our, our lead pastor say oftentimes the idea of, you know, sometimes people think missions is only, um, you know, traveling to other countries. And for those who do that, that's absolutely incredible and should be celebrated and it's needed. Um, equally as valuable is looking in our backyard and saying our community's here, let's look after them. Both seem to be opposite, but they're actually not. They're, they're complementary, and it's a tension that if we're only doing one, we're missing out on what we could truly be doing as a church. So we want to make sure that we keep that, that tension. Um, yeah. So I, th- I think that's an example. Yeah. Another one would be maybe, um, you know, we're a church that uh, absolutely is all about worship and we believe uh, in the power of worship and we believe in, in putting God first and creating an atmosphere where people feel free to celebrate and praise God and, and worship him um, and be themselves. Um, at the same time, like one of the values of that atmosphere, one of the values of who we are is we want to make sure that attention is actually given to God. Um, so there, there are times where people have come into our service that maybe um, in some way or another, um, their actions kind of pull away from what we believe is putting attention to God. So whether that's mm-hmm. um, some people have come into our service with flags, and that's kind of a thing I know in some other church cultures, and they've, they've wanted to... to 
do different things that maybe in other churches is, is a part of their culture. And that's great. And it's led to conversations that we've had with those people of saying, Hey, what you're doing, we're not saying that's wrong at all. We're just saying, this is who we are. And mm -hmm. so you can be you and express you, but it still needs to remain within who we are. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, no, definitely makes sense. Yeah. Those are great examples. If you were speaking to a leader who's wanting to lead their community through this tension well, what is one thing that you would tell them to keep in mind? Um, keeping in mind, I think, would be um, you need to know what are the values of your community? What is your culture? Obviously, you have to have a strong sense of culture. If you don't know your culture, then you can't lead your culture. Um, the flip side of that is if you don't know your individuals, um, then you can't encourage and push them into who they are and, and encourage them to be who they are. So it, it would definitely be understanding both. Um, so you have to have a strong understanding of your culture and be able to communicate that to people. And you have to have a strong sense of your people and um, yeah, encourage them to be themselves. One of the things that I often uh, experience as a pastor when I'll meet with, whether it's people that are leading um, within our church or, or people that are just, you know, a part of our, our faithful uh, people that attend church regularly, if I'm meeting with them. Um, sometimes as a pastor, they think when we sit down for a coffee or, or for lunch, they think there's a certain way they're supposed to act or talk. And I, I continually have to remind them like, hey, like you can be you. Like, please be transparent. Please be real. Please don't feel like you have to be somebody special because you're talking to a pastor. Mm -hmm. Like, just be yourself. And you know what I mean? Like we can, we can have a real conversation then. And, and that allows me to, to know who they are and not, not see the, the facade or the wall that they're trying to put up. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I would encourage people that lead organizations to, to really create an environment where they can actually get to know the people that they lead. Um, if they feel like they have to be someone particular, then there's a good chance they might not actually be themselves. Mm -hmm. And you might be missing out on who they truly are and the gifts that they actually could bring to the table. Mm -hmm. That's great. I love that. All right. So as we wrap up, tell us where we can find you online. Uh, you can find me on Instagram, <laughs> Matt Barges, M-A-T-T-B-A-R-T-G-I-S. I promise I'm trying to get better at uh, <laughs> Instagram. My wife is, is helping me and prodding me and encouraging me. I have uh, a beautiful wife, beautiful daughter and really blessed with the life that I have. So I'm just trying to make sure I can utilize social media for, mm -hmm. for what it is and the benefit it can be. So I'm trying to get better yeah. at that. But. Oh, that's great. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Kimberly, thank you so much for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. Thanks for joining us for this episode. If you'd like to connect beyond the podcast, you can find us over at Instagram. It's our favorite place to share our family culture hacks. You can find me at Carl Amici. And you can find me at Kimberly Amici. As you move forward through your week, consider one simple thing that you heard in this episode that you can apply today. And don't worry if you don't get it right the first time. Because family culture is not about perfect. It's about purpose. To learn more about The Family Culture Project, go to thefamilycultureproject.com. Today's episode was produced by Kimberly Amici, Noel Rhodes, along with production assistant Melanie Torres. The Family Culture Project is a part of the Juniper Collective, a network of podcasting vision carriers who believe every person can have a better life.